back to another Fat Podcast. I'm Dr. Fred Clary, founder of Functional Analysis, Chiropractic Technique, a chiropractic technique based on movement and breathing. Well, in today's episode, we have a great treat. We have Dr. John Saboritz from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. He is a chiropractic neurologist. That means not only is he a chiropractor, he's had extra training in clinical neurology, and he's certified in clinical nutrition. And what I wanted to uh, approach Dr. John on is the issue of what is healthcare, what is going on in healthcare, how did we get to this point? I know we're all looking at healthcare now with this pandemic, quote unquote. But I wanted to really get into is like, how did we get to this weakened state as a society? And what I mean weakened is, you know, the fact that it's a pandemic of lack of knowledge, ignorance of biology, ignorance of viruses, ignorance of how your body truly works. And we've handed over our intellectual authority to sometimes people who don't deserve it because they're not as educated as you. And, uh, you know, how do we get our handle on what is really going on in healthcare and what's the most important parts of healthcare? That's a lot to bite off in under an hour. But I think we, uh, he does a great job, Dr. John does a great job of getting into it. He makes some comments in this interview that uh, you should replay, stop, rewind, and replay because I think they really hit home to what's going on and do you really want to take uh, your authority and personal autonomy back. So without further ado, Dr. John. Well, I want to welcome Dr. John Saborowitz from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. That's right across the Minnesota border from me. He's a uh, chiropractor. He's got um, certificates in nutrition and advanced training. Um, he does functional analysis and various other techniques that are focused on the nervous system and getting you healthy. And uh, in today's podcast, uh, I'll have him introduce himself a little more. We're going to talk about what's going on in healthcare. We will address COVID-19, but I want to talk about what really is health. What really is health? How are you doing, Dr. John? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Fred. Oh, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Why don't you give the listeners a little background on who you are? Well, I'm a chiropractor from Eau Claire, Wisconsin, as you said. I graduated from Palmer College in 1994 and have been doing this since. So about 24 years now or 25 years of being a chiropractor. Wow. I have my certificate in um, or clinical, certified clinical nutritionist since 2010. Wow. And my um, diplomate in neurology for chiropractic since 2017. Wow. And okay. we use all that to help the patients in our clinic. So you, you have a lot of like uh, alphabet soup after your name. <laughs> I do. So I wanted to talk a little bit about healthcare and, and how we got here. Um, you know, in my practice, I moved from insurance or third party payer like Blue Cross and the normal payers to a cash practice. Um, I wanted to address kind of you know, what, it, how does third party paying, how does that influence healthcare in general? Because when you look at American healthcare, I mean, really, we're not number one. We spend the most, like, I think globally on healthcare, right? Yes, per capita, per human, per citizen. So that's what per capita means, per citizen. So we spend the most on uh, healthcare, 
but we, I don't think we have the top results. Where are we like 10th, 11th, 20th in like, no, you know, I believe we're at 38th now. We're what? 38th. How can we be 38th? That's crazy. Are there 38 uh, developed countries? I mean, no, I, I don't believe there are, but I do know that we use 47% of the world's pharmaceuticals, but we have 4.5% of the world's population. Can you unpack that a little bit for the listeners, what that means? So basically, what are we? One, a tiny percentage of total population on the planet, but yes. we're, we're almost using half of the pharmaceuticals on this planet to feel better, make us you know, think clearer or whatever the, the selling point is on these medications, even though we see our overall health and longevity decreasing at this point. I mean, we live in my humble opinion, in a very sick society right now. And when you agree that when you look out, you don't see very many healthy people. They seem to be, you know, overweight, stressed out, um, living a life of a sedentary life, doing very little to take care of their own body and well-being. And as you mentioned earlier, does the third party system have something to do with it? I think it does to a degree because- they removed the patient's responsibility from taking, from taking care of them themselves and allowing themselves to get healthy. They've, they've looked to the doctors in society and said, how do I fix me when they, in essence, probably were not ever broken in the first place. Oh, wow. Um, you want to, you want to unpack and, and let's dissect that out a little bit. What do you mean? You know, the responsibility on the patient, the individual, what does that mean? Well, basically the responsibility, the accountability of the individual is that they learn what their body is capable of doing. What is their true potential? I don't think the true potential of every human being on this planet is to sit in a lazy boy, gain weight, drink Pepsi and eat Doritos and watch television 12 hours a day. I mean, we have people who are setting records in the bench press and in the one mile run and all these crazy feats. And I think every person on the planet has potential to reach that in whatever field or whatever thing they want to do. And what we're seeing is so many people have become sidetracked by the idea or the ideology that somebody's going to take care of them. Oh, wow. That's big. That's big. And I don't think that's true. Yeah. I, I think there's a dichotomy there, too, because of all countries we spend the most on um recreational sports um we watch the nfl the nba um your swim family like mine you know we we do swimming so sports and activity and exercise physical prowess it you know that is you know we we worship that in this in this country we give people big contracts you know for for being able to catch you know, a, a pigskin or hit a little white ball into a little hole. Um, how, how do we sit back and, you know, give up our authority, our accountability to health while we're watching these people, you know, you know, they take care of themselves, these athletes. I, I see that's confusing to me. Do you have any insight to that? Well, I think it all starts from birth. Okay. I think there's an indoctrination set up by society through the medical profession that says we're born incomplete. I mean, when you look at a child coming into this planet, right? Mm -hmm. They're saying, well, this child could get sick. So let's, 
Let's jab them with some poisons and toxins so they don't get sick. Let's run some tests on these kids to see if their, you know, blood has too much protein in it and the whole nine yards. Never asking the question is, what is this kid ever going to do with a body that's damaged when it looks completely normal? And, and I think a lot of moms, you know, from what I've seen in the last 25 years, go into the hospital expecting a certain type of birth and they come out completely flabbergasted by the fact that it wouldn't, it didn't go according to plan. And I can say for myself that my wife and I had all of our children at home. Okay. And it, I'm not saying it was easy, but it, it, it happened. It was very natural. And I think when you get into the hospital setting, they take a natural condition or physiological condition that's natural and change it into a medical condition. Yeah. Since when did being pregnant become a disease? (laughs) You know, I don't know. You know, Uh, my, my, uh, Belinda, my wife, she just finished up uh, a program to be a traditional midwife. She's got to take her boards, but she does home births and birth centers, no hospital. And it is drastically different having a traditional midwife than an OBGYN. You know, they're looking Mm -hmm. to use drugs and surgery where your traditional midwife is looking to assist and help the natural, the natural biological process of birth. And I kind of see that with um, chiropractic and what we do, our whole goal is just assist normal biology. I don't want to overwhelm someone's biology, their physiology, how their body works and functions. That's not my goal. And that's one thing I've noticed is somehow that indoctrination has gotten to the point where someone can, uh, you know, appear on the nightly news and Mm -hmm. say, there's a crazy cold virus coming around and it could kill you. There's no bodies in the streets. The statistics show, yeah, this could be bad for someone who's already sick and has all kinds of comorbidities, which means they're already sick. Correct. So what, what blows my mind is how did we give up our intelligence and common sense? I think it was a subtle manipulation by not only the media, okay, but, but the healthcare professionals out there that call themselves conventional doctors as well. Okay. You know, convincing that, convincing people that they just weren't going to be good enough on their own and that the Mm. environment was going to attack them and destroy them and shorten their lifespan. But we all know that as we get a sickness or a virus or whatever the bacteria may be, and we fend it off, we send that information on to our our offspring if we haven't procreated yet. If we have already procreated, we will share that information whether verbally or written, whatever, with those around us so that they know that they too can fight this off. So it's, it's a matter of just, I think, dumbing down society. No, I, I totally agree. Um, I've been saying this on Facebook and sharing it. This is not a pandemic of a mutated cold virus. This is a right. pandemic of ignorance. Ignorance means lack of knowledge, mm-hmm. lack of knowledge of how your own body works. Correct. You know, I, you know, I, I had a patient come in today and they had the double mask on, right? Ready for mm-hmm. this double mask on. I'm like, okay, you want to wear a double mask, but they got COVID in May and they've had been vaccinated and they're wearing a double mask now. And I'm like, 
I'm like, you know, to this patient, um, what are you trying to prevent? <laughs> you know, Correct. you already have natural antibodies. Then you went ahead and you injected yourself with messenger RNA that took over your ribosomes that now you're producing hopefully more antibodies and not getting sick or some weird mutation, you know, and now you're wearing double masks. I'm totally confused. Yes. I mean, I took biology. I, you know, this dates myself a little bit. I went to undergrad in 1985, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. It's an honors university. And I was pre-med and, you know, I took some of the hardest biology courses and everything that's happening in the media today goes against everything I was taught. <laughs> well, did the books change? Did the information change? <laughs> they must have changed like 13 months ago because I'm shocked. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it's, it's complicated because it seems as though individuals going into science today are looking for an easier, softer route to, to learn this information. Ooh. But then when the information comes, they're like, I can disown it. It's, it. it's too aggressive. You know, and I've heard in the past, you know, whether it be the evolutionary concept or the creation, we've, we've made it this far, basically fending off everything that has come up against us. Yes. And we're the strong ones. Yes. Now we're going to make ourselves we're the winners. We're, we're the, the winners. evolutionary winners. <laughs> Why are we trying to take ourselves out? I don't know. I said that. I said that to a patient. I go, do you realize you're the winners? And she was a little depressed. And right. I go, she goes, what? You're the winners. We came out of the trees about 6 million years ago. Hominids, that means upright walkers. Um, and I said, we're moving on millions of years, Neanderthals, Cro-Magnon, humans. We beat them. And now we're humans. That means we have adapted, we've passed those traits and strengths on, and any weaknesses we've had to survive in the environment, guess what? We got rid of them, <laughs> you know, exactly. and that includes viruses, fungi, bacteria. We actually live in symbiosis with them. I mean, we're such badass. Humans are such badass. If you look inside our cells, we have this thing that powers all our, all our bodies called the mitochondria. It used to be another bacteria, Bacillus, billion years ago. We said, screw it. We're grabbing that. We're the winners. We're going to use that. And yeah. I mean, and you, you, this is normal biology. We've, you know, we, we, me and you learned this when we were 18, 19, 20. And all of a sudden that's been thrown out. I'm, right. I'm, I, I'm speechless, actually. And you know me, I'm, I'm usually not speechless. Correct. And so, I mean, it's, I don't know what kind of doctors we're producing now. Yeah. I mean, are they coming out and they're just like, they hope this medication works, hope this whatever nutritional supplement we give you will, will change your biology? I don't know if that's the case. I mean, when you take chiropractic, it's really, I find it to be exhilarating when you adjust someone and you watch them totally morph into the person that they were intended to be. Yeah. And it may not happen in one visit, it may take a few visits. But it's, it's nice to see human physiology expressed and the genetic potential be expressed as they move through their life and that the stresses in their life and everything else that's occurring, they roll with it instead of being pushed back and, and reactive. They, they're, they're more proactive. And I think that's where the accountability in healthcare has been lost. We're not very proactive. We're all reactive now. Same with the COVID. Very yeah. reactive. Yeah. You know? 
I, I like I tell my patients, like um, if you go through my list of all the podcasts I've done, I did a podcast 13 months ago in January, 14 months ago, I guess now, um, talking about COVID. I mean, that's how long ago I did. And I said, this is what it is. This is what's going to happen. This is what you should be wary of. And like everything I predicted back then has come true. And what blows my mind is like people are like, oh, it's a coronavirus. I'm like, what are you talking about? 30% of all upper respiratory infections in the world are caused by four coronaviruses, 229E, NL63, OC43, and HKU1. And when I tell them that, they're like, what? And I said, when you go to the doctor, the MD, and you have this, this raspy cough, and it doesn't go away, and you want to check it out, and he checks you, you don't have influenza. You don't have strep. You have some virus. It's a coronavirus. It's been around for thousands of years. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, your lack of knowledge, you're running away on how bad this coronavirus 19 is. And you didn't even know that you've had four or five of them. So maybe you're not the expert here. Well, Dr. Fauci says this, and I'm like, okay, he's an epidemiologist. Is he someone who's an expert on coronaviruses? No, he's guessing. And I remember when they did the first modeling for um, this pandemic, they did it about a year ago. It's a PowerPoint. You can still find it on the Minnesota Department of Health. And they said 77,000 people would die. Mm -hmm. Not even close. No. I mean, we have to get out there with the machine guns right now to try to get that <laughs> accurate. I mean... It, it blows my mind. And the number we have here and the number we have in Wisconsin, where you are, if if you just if you just look at how many people die every year, mm -hmm. about 40,000 in Minnesota, about 40,000 in Wisconsin, because, you know, we're a state of what, 5.2 and you're state of 5.6 million. Um, so about 100, 110 people die every day. The majority of them are over 65 and 30 percent of those deaths are from respiratory failure or respiratory infections. Cool. Guess what? We haven't moved the needle at all with this thing, but we shut down the whole world for it. So, you know, how do we get there, doc? I just, I, I'm like flabbergasted. Well, wouldn't you agree that everyone's pretty much living in their amygdala, fear-based? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, you start watching the TV and it's, I don't know if it's CNN or MSNBC or whoever, they're scaring people half to death and they never use their executive functions of their prefrontal cortex to say, hey, wait a minute. Maybe what they're saying, because if you use observation and I don't see bodies lying in the street, nope. I don't see, you know, bags of bodies laying in my parking lot. There, yeah. I see people walk in, in my office and walk out. I've seen a number of deaths this year from other causes, natural other causes, but they were ruled COVID. I mean, you know, cancer can be ruled COVID if it, they had COVID while they had cancer. I understand that. But to call that death a COVID death is ridiculous. So I have a, a very close friend whose sister-in-law lives in Denver. Okay. And her husband, um, you know, got COVID. And he just had a cold and they wouldn't let him come to work for two weeks as a mechanic. She said, screw it. I'm going to work on my muscle car in the garage. I've been waiting. They're going to give me two weeks off. Sure. Paid. 
So he gets up underneath the car. Horrible story. The jack goes. The uh, the block comes down and crushes his chest. Okay. He goes to the hospital. Um, and in two, three days, he dies from his injuries. Crushed heart, bruised heart, bruised lungs. Massive, massive thoracic trauma. They listed it, true story, as a COVID death. Mm-hmm. Because they tested his blood or whatever. And, oh, he's got COVID. Now, the wife is fighting but can you imagine the trauma you just lost your spouse you know and now you got to fight the medical community and say no he, he a car landed on his chest yeah he had covid but he had a cold the covid the virus is so bad he's up underneath trying to change a transmission you know what i mean right i mean when this first started wasn't the average death age of the of a death was like 83.4 yeah when it and when it, it first started it yes. was in the 80s and the average life expectancy, what is it in the U.S., 76, 78? Yes. So, you get <laughs> so if you get COVID, you get a couple extra years. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, man, I, I just don't understand it. I, I, I don't know where we started giving away our authority and power. I know doctors have done that. Um, you know, if you look at HMOs and insurance, that started, what, in 1929 in Texas, a bunch of teachers got together and say, let's have a prepaid plan. Mm-hmm. And what happened is that plan, and I think it was Baylor Hospital or Baylor University, that plan controlled, oh, you have back pain? Well, you just stay home, take some aspirin. You know, probably back then, you know, drink a Coca-Cola with like cocaine in it or something, you know, Correct. you're fine. You know, but they started controlling and like, you know, taking and rationing, rationing health care. So the doctors couldn't do their job. So the doctors realized that, you know, we used to be on the top of the pyramid, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, I would call you and say, I have this case. What do you think about it? Now I have to call a 21 year old in a cubicle in front of a laptop and ask them if I can do an MRI or this blood test because I think they have this condition. It's crazy. Correct. They, so, this, they, yeah. So how does that affect you in your practice? Do you do still do insurance and, and that? I would say we're about 40% insurance. Okay. And most, the vast majority, you know, are cash plans because okay. it allows me to do what I need to do with the individual as opposed to saying, can I, you know, run a blood work on this person? Can I get an MRI? I mean, if there's something wrong and we see it, you know, let's, let's deal with it. I mean, I just had a patient back in December. He, he came into the office and he had a swollen left cheek that okay. went down into his neck. And I said, man, this is not good. Go in and get this thing checked out. Let's get an MRI. Well, he had to go to his GP who diagnosed him as having a chronic ear infection. Okay. Now, mind you, he had no ear infection. Okay. Mode of injury was he lifted a trailer hitch. Okay. okay. <laughs> And I said, well, that, that, that's not an ear infection. Yeah. He goes, well, I'm going to treat it. I'll let you know. Well, his son came in and he notified me that he was down in Rochester being treated for salivary cancer. Oh, my God. So they put him on there for a month of antibiotics and he, was, he passed away. Wow. Yeah. So the doctor that saw him wasn't qualified to treat him. Nope. And the doctor that should have been there, when he finally got there, he said, I'm sorry. There's nothing we can do. This has gone way beyond anything we have in our little black bag that we can stop it. And so 
funeral arrangements were made and he was put in hospice care and passed away. Great guy. Great guy. That's terrible. That's terrible. Yes. You know, I had, uh, I had a patient, um, one of my favorite cases that you're talking about Mayo. Um, this gentleman comes in with his wife. He's got some neck and back pain. He's, he's one of those people. I don't know if I want to try a chiropractor. Ooh, they're a little goofy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, quackery. And, you know, he comes in, I'm like, how long have you been beating your wife? And he's like, what? And I said, I can tell by the way, she's looking at you and whatever, there's some issues. Well, he's, you know, he changed a couple, a couple months ago, you know, uh, you know, he's going into anger management. He's taking SSRIs, taking antidepressant pills. And, uh, you know, I said, well, when did this start? Well, I had a headache, the worst headache I ever had. My face and arm went numb. And after that, my, you know, I felt weird. My, like my personality changed, couldn't remember stuff. And I was angry all the time. And I'm like, you had a stroke. And he's like, well, no, no, no. I've been to the best doctors. I've been to this doctor. I went down to Mayo, my buddy's uh, department head down there. I'm Dr. John, it took me at least six weeks of writing notes, yelling, because he was in that insurance system. And they said, no, no, no. And I said, I need a Tesla three strength. That's a very strong MRI. And I guarantee he's got some issues. No, no, no. I got a letter written on Mayo Mayo Clinic letterhead that said, there's no way he's got a stroke, but we're going to do it anyway. They did it. He had 11 lesions. He had 11 strokes very deep in his brain. They couldn't see him because they were tiny, but all in the area of what? Personality. Imagine that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how did we get to the point where we're rationing care and we're blowing off people and we're creating these chronics because last time I look, you know, anger management therapy and, you know, Prozac is not a good treatment for a stroke, you know? No, it's not. But I mean, you would have to agree that these doctors are left without any recourse on how to treat their patients. They're just told run it. And what happens is what happens. If they come back, we'll run it again until we figure out what's wrong. And that keeps increasing the cost, but nothing ever is resolved. Or if they are resolved, it's because it was a simple case. But a lot of these complex ones are repeat offenders. They go to the ER, urgent care. They visit over and over and over again. And then you have on the other side, doctors complaining that they're sick and tired of seeing, you know, sore fingers come into the ER or an earache and things like that. It's like, you're not dying. You know, so the healthcare system, they've trained the public that if you have some form of insurance, go use it, make sure that you get checked mm-hmm. out because the experts will know. Well, the experts are told by the insurance company, you can only do X, Y, or Z on them. So we, we don't know what's really going on with you. Oh, wow. Because we're saving funds, correct? Yeah, that is correct. And here's the thing. The customer, the patient has no idea. They no. said, I went to my doctor and- you know, he said, it's nothing to worry about. No, the truth was your insurance will not let me do an MRI. You have a 1% or 2% chance of a salivary gland tumor. And, you know, you kind of look like it, it just doesn't make sense. I'd love to do this $1,500 test, but they won't let me. Correct. Because the thing is 98% of the time, it's not going to be that, right? So they just Correct. play the numbers. Right. Yeah. Which is good if it's not, but if it is, Man, it doesn't look good. But you don't it, want that to be your uncle, you no, know? No. no. And then what if he had COVID? We call it a COVID death. 
right? Because we have to pass. How did we get here with this COVID? And let's talk a little bit about the fear, um, which blows my mind. So we know people don't understand their health. You know, they don't understand diet. Nutrition can help. They don't understand how their immune system works. Um, I have a lot of patients. I know you, you get COVID questions all the time, but they're asking me, oh, Dr. Clary, you know, what about the shot? I got to get my antibodies. And I, and I ask them this, well, is antibodies what you need for a C virus? What? Well, there's three parts to your immune system. Which part do you need for C virus? What's the most important? Well, I don't know. Fauci says you need antibodies. No, he didn't say that, but he said you'll get antibodies. I said for a C virus, you need T cell movement and T cell potentiation. You need your B cells and your, you know, your antibodies. And you also need your complement system working well. You have three parts to your immune system, not one, not antibodies. It's not how it works. You really need your T cells. And that's why there's people that test positive for COVID. They have no symptoms and no antibodies. You don't need them. You just need your T cells to work. You know, there's three part, there's three parts to a football team, offense, defense, special teams, right? Which right. one do you need to win a championship? All three, you know, just not one. So maybe how, special teams will how do a good we job get here? Was that again, Doc? I said, maybe special teams will do a good job moving the ball. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They, they do, the Baltimore Ravens do, but they have, they have good defense too. They can yeah. score. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I'm, I'm just confused how we got here. Um, you know, I'm not a conspiracy guy. I was never a conspiracy guy. Our, our colleagues down in Nebraska have been tinking me about conspiracy, conspiracy. You know who they are. And uh, they finally broke through a little bit when I'm like, all right, come on. All the studies are coming out saying we need T cells. The old, the old studies on SARS-1, which was a coronavirus, which this one is a close cousin to, you know, MERS, Middle Eastern uh, Respiratory Syndrome, very close, attaches the same way to the cell. We know exactly that you need T cell activity and no one's talking about that. We're talking, oh, you're gonna get antibodies, but the antibodies only last nine months. You're right, that's how your immune system works. Because if you produced antibodies to every freaking thing you were exposed to, you'd have motor oil for blood full of these proteins called antibodies. What you need is memory in the cells. You need the cells to work. Right. So Nebraska has conspiracy, yes? (laughs) I don't know if you subscribe to some of that stuff. And I was trying not to get political with this, but it makes no sense to me at all, you know, that we would take, you know, the way we usually test this thing, the, was it PCR test or PRC test, where you ran it 40 cycles. And for people listening means, oh, I didn't find any uh, RNA, uh, viral RNA. That's a genetic material that this C virus has. I didn't find it. Run it again. Run it again. Amplify it. Amplify it until I find it. Well, I'm sorry. We're full of viruses. We're full of bacteria. We're covered in fungus. And, you know, for a, a guy my size, I have five or six pounds of like bacteria, fungus, viruses on me, in me. We, we work symbiotically. So if you do a test, you're going to find something, you know? Yes. And it's like, I, I don't say, oh, he's an asymptomatic carrier. Um, there is no such thing, <laughs> you know? No. 
But didn't they change the PCR test now? You have they they decreased the number of spins, right? Yep. So it's down to 30. Yeah. And you have to have two positive tests. Yep. Symptomology. Yep. But a year ago, if you spun that thing and it came up with something or anything, you were positive for COVID. Exactly. So amazing. So amazingly, Doc, the numbers are going down. Imagine that. And didn't they change it like right after the inauguration? I don't. I have no idea, but I think that's the case. Yeah, I, I actually, I actually got the uh, the tweet from uh, the CDC that said how to change it, and I looked at it and I'm like, "You guys are so transparent. They're not hiding anything." The date was up there, January 20th or 21st, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? You're giving all these labs new instructions on the stop spinning it, and they have to have symptoms." Now the numbers are slowly going down. Imagine that. But yes. we cured the flu. <laughs> yes. The flu is gone. <laughs> and everything's opening up now. I yeah. believe even in Minnesota, you guys are starting to see the crack of dawn. Yeah. You know, it, it, you know I, I have been going to restaurants here. They, okay. they allow the restaurants, I think, to 11 o'clock now. Because at 11 o'clock, you know, COVID comes out, you know, so. Oh, <laughs> Which is, which is amazing to me because in some states they shut down chiropractors, which, which blew my mind. It's like Walmart could stay open, but the gyms and chiropractors, people that are trained and going to a gym, someone who's trying to go out there and better themselves and build their immune system, you're not allowed to do that. We want a sicker community. Right. So, well, sicker means more money. Yeah, that is true. You know, I mean, if, if you're sick, you're more likely to purchase some form of insurance because you okay. don't know what, how well you're going to take care of yourself. You're not yep. educated on how your body works. Yep. You start paying your premiums. You use that insurance. Doctors make money. They want to keep you. I mean, I'm not saying this is true of every doctor. That's not the, what I'm saying. What I'm saying is some doctors, and maybe knowingly or unknowingly, put stuff into their patients that will keep them sick for a longer period of time. It's, it's almost like um, managed decline of your health, you mm -hmm. know, like maintain poor health. You know, we, we want to maintain your poor health. We don't want you to get so healthy you drop out of the system. And we don't want you to get so diseased that you die and drop out of the system. So we have to maintain you on all these drugs, potions and lotions Till you know, you finally do die. I'm like, okay, we've got as much money out of the system as we could, you know, let it go. And that sounds like a conspiracy. But when I see all these medications, there, there's been nothing on the news about, okay, do you eat fr fruits and vegetables? You know, mm -hmm. what are your pre your prebiotics like, you know, are you eating, you know, fermented food? Um, are you getting 100 grams or more protein? What kind of protein? Are you drinking water? Are you getting sleep? Are you getting exercise? None of that is recommended. Stay home, watch Netflix, order Grubhub or DoorDash, and um, don't go to work. Don't interact with your coworkers. Like me and you, you know, we haven't seen each other in a while. We're getting a little dopamine spike. You know, we're socializing. Don't do that. Let's get sicker, you know? Mm -hmm. I know, and, and funny you say that because as this year has carried on, we had patients come in, and you've been in my office, and you know it's open yeah. concept. Yeah. And uh, 
they, you know, you'd get a little behind and they would just sit in the waiting room or sit there and talk with other people without mask. And they're like, no, Dr. John, Dr. Judy, there's no rush. We're good. We're having a good time here. I'm going to read this magazine. Hey, can you make a copy of this recipe? Cause it was their social hour. It wow. was crazy because they needed that socialization because they were missing it, staying at home with their curtains closed, their mask on and hiding from the COVID virus that was going to kill them because it was 99.2%, you know, survival rate. I mean, it was just ludicrous. And, but and, and it's still ludicrous. I mean, I, I um, I'm going to watch either this, this weekend, I'm going to watch the movie. I am legend okay. um, with Will Smith, where they came up with an MRNA vaccine to cure cancer. And of course created zombies big science fiction thing, but we don't, we're not making zombies. There's not thousands of bodies in the street. Um, my grandmother uh, lived through when she was a kid, the Spanish flu pandemic. And she talked about in every house, there was at least one kid or adult who died of it. And they were lining up bodies in the alley. Mm -hmm. We don't have that. But remember oh. they kept saying, Oh, it's the Spanish flu. It's the Spanish flu. It, not even close, you know, Mm -hmm. 6,000 people have died in a year when 40,000 die every year of all causes in Minnesota. I guarantee you when we go back and do 2020 for Wisconsin and Minnesota, the death rate's going to be lower than an average year. I bet it will be too. Yeah, because you know why? We stayed home. We're not driving cars, right? We're right. not doing activities. So the only deaths you're going to have is from respiratory disease, infections, mm -hmm and heart attacks and strokes. Well, guess what? People aren't out moving around. We're gonna have, it. COVID's gonna save the world, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it will. But you know, if, if you talk to cardiac nurses and docs during COVID, they, they were so behind because they had uh, furloughs and layoffs. Yep. So they were they had were inadequately, you know, staffed and they, people were coming in, you know, cause they couldn't go to the gym, splitting wood you know, going out, doing other things, having heart attacks, they weren't able to take care of them. They didn't no. help them. No. It was shocking. <laughs> it's like, but is it a COVID death? Well, it's COVID related. So we'll put it on the block, you know? Oh my goodness. I, and I actually, I had to, I had to show a patient the other day. I, I pulled up the uh, CARES Act, the federal act, you know, that, you know, the, the, the Trump signed for uh, president Trump signed for this COVID and in it, if it's a COVID-related death, Medicare pays an extra 20%. 20% raise if you can link it to COVID. And they're like, oh, Fred, that's not true. I'm like, here is the document. This is, your, this is what your Congress signed to. And my question is, why don't you know that? You know? But what does the mainstream media tell us? That's that true. Dr. Fauci is right that we're all going to die and that there's no way out of this other than to mask up and vaccinate. Yeah. That's it. They're, oh they're, they don't talk about vitamin D or zinc, sunlight, oh exercise. Nutrition is never mentioned, but here what, we are. What blows my mind is all the studies out of Italy, the early studies and wow. out of Spain showed those that were hospitalized or dying had clinically low vitamin D levels. You know, I think in England, weren't they even handing out bottles of vitamin D? Yes. Yeah. So I'm like, why aren't we doing that here? You know, 
we shouldn't be we shouldn't be out of toilet paper at, at the, the store. It should be vitamin D, right? Correct. That's what should be out. I, I just don't understand that. So so all right, let's shift gears just a little bit as we finish up here, Doc. So what is health? What how do you explain to your patients, to your public, to your family? You know, what is, you know, the goals of healthcare, health, and, you know, what is our responsibilities for that? You mean our responsibilities as a chiropractor, our responsibility as just a person on the planet? Person on the planet. Let's start there. Well, I think our responsibility to all other people on the planet is that we share not only our knowledge, but are socializing with them as well. As you alluded to earlier, we are full of bacteria and viruses. And the more we socialize, the more we join viruses and our viruses talk, our bacteria talk, we learn information about one another. And it, you know, just by us coughing and sneezing and being around other people, we get so much. And I think it it, it affects not only our well-being, it affects, it affects our our next generation and then our next generation because it ties into not only our genetics but our epigenetics and the whole nine yards and that's going down a hole that is really deep but what i'm saying basically is as long as we get sick together and heal together we become a stronger species on this planet and and that is i think part of the human experience that we we all need to you know encompass and experience wow that's deep that's deep and and i agree with you totally that we're not in this as individuals. Put no. your mask on, hide, because I have a stronger immune system. I'm trying to get COVID. I just got my blood drawn a month ago. I don't have any antibodies. I'm pissed. I am so pissed because I want them. But I guess my T cells are too freaking strong. I take enough zinc to drop a horse, you know? And uh, so I'm like, oh, man, maybe, maybe I need to find someone who has it and lick their armpit you know, so I can get it. Cause I'm like, damn it. I got, I got, I got, I want some of these antibodies before they disappear. You know, it's kind of like chicken pox, you know, my, right. my girls, uh, my, uh, Chloe's 17 and Callie's 15 or B15 next month. I mean, they were the last kids to get chicken pox naturally. I found someone in the block that had their, their kid was all quarantined. Oh, he's got chicken pox. Oh no, I'm banging on the door. Can they play with him, please? <laughs> Send me a blanket. Do anything. I just need some <laughs> box in my house. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. We, I, They need this to protect them from future illnesses, like shingles, like all other types of herpes. You know, that is what chicken pox is for. Some of these illnesses we evolved with, you know, we kind of grew up with as a, a as a race, as the human race. You know, guess what? They help us protect us from other batter bugs, Correct. you know. I mean, these C viruses, they, they usually don't wipe out people. But there are things like H1N1 that can do it. Mm -hmm. So if I've had a bunch of small colds, when H1N1 comes, my T cells are already to attack something. They have already been strengthened. Um, I, I don't know where it went that we, we're not supposed to get stronger, <laughs> you know. I don't know where that went either. It just, it's like, we're, we're supposed to be sick. The, yeah. the mentality that I see day in and day out is I need X, Y, or Z medication or lotion or potion to make it through the day. And I do not understand that. Yeah. But 
this is what that individual, in my opinion, has learned on how to take care of their body. But they, like you said, they don't drink water. They don't eat protein. They, they eat at quick trip every day. I mean, <laughs> or McDonald's. It's like, maybe you should learn to cook and find what real food tastes like and learn that vegetables will help you down the road. Fruits will real protein. You know, it's, it's frustrating at times being a doctor. It is. I, I was very frustrated because, uh, you know, now I'm getting the, the COVID-19 patients who've got the vaccine. Yes. And they have all kinds of symptomatology. Oh, I got so sick. I couldn't move for a week. What? Yes. I, I couldn't move for a week. I said, okay, that's short term. Do you know what this is going to do to you long term? Oh, it should help me. Stop. Stop. Have you ever got the flu or cold? Yes. Have you, like you said, you couldn't move. Has that ever happened to you? No. Then this is worse. And you, excuse me. So I, I've had a few. There's that one whose arm swelled up twice its size. They look like a bodybuilder, this, this little wow. lady. And I'm like, what the hell happened? Oh, I got a vaccine. The doctor said that's normal. It's my immune system working. Okay, you're 80 years old. You've had an immune system for 80 years. Have you ever experienced this, ma'am? No. Then you know how your immune system works. You know, how did that all get thrown out? Your 80 years of experience with your immune system, not Fred's, not John's, your immune system, because you know how you work. Why is that not okay now? You know, your knowledge. Right. So, oh my goodness. I sent her back in and she had, she got blood work. Her liver was failing. It was terrible. And of course, none of this is going to get documented, you know, because, no. you know, it, it's interesting because a bee sting that causes inflammation there's your cause. But if a yeah. vaccine causes that, nah, not possible. Not, not possible. Not possible. There's no, there's no connection. No, not at all. That's crazy. So, so doc, what is your responsibility you think as a doctor? Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, my responsibility, I believe is just simply educate and, and lead as best I can to what I know. And if, if the, the patient picks up on it. And, and here's my take on that too. I think the adjustment, the, the chiropractic adjustment is so powerful that it balances these individuals or realigns the way they perceive the world that mm -hmm. they start to take in the information slowly. And over time they pick up on it and then execute a move towards a, a greater understanding of their well-being and their health. I, I don't think it just happens by saying, you know, take this vitamin and you'll be fine. Or just this one adjustment will change your life. You know, 25 years ago, I knew that when I adjusted someone, I saw major changes. Today, okay. I don't see the same changes in one adjustment. No. No, I don't. And, no. and, and, and my wife and I have talked about this, how we feel like we were on the cusp of, of the old generation of Kairos leaving and a new generation coming in. And how, and how everything had started changing in the society from, you know, there used to be like, what, eight vaccines given to a child. By the time we were five years into practice, it was to 18 or 20. And you could just see the health of the people coming in declining, especially the children. Mm -hmm. And now you see children coming in and you're like, what the heck is this? And you know, they're a child, but they don't move like a child. They don't talk like a child. Oh, absolutely so not. Well, you, you know what me and you used to do. We used to, and this is not politically correct, 
We used to go out in the backyard with our friends and family or brothers and play cowboys and Indians, run yes. around trees and shoot each other. We used to, you know, build up a ramp and get our little bikes and see if we can get over it. We used mm -hmm. to go hike. We used to drink water from the garden hose, you know. <laughs> you, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. And nowadays, um, we have, you know, antibacterial soap. You know, oh, don't drink out of that. It's not clean. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, there is more hand sanitizer everywhere now. And I'm like, we're losing that connection with our environment. People don't realize that those bugs, like you said, Doc, you're, you're so accurate. All the research shows that, that my bacteria, my bugs talk to yours. If, mm -hmm. you know, when I see you in a couple of weeks, when I have a seminar, I'm going to give you a big hug and our bacteria is going to talk to each other real quick. And I say, oh, that's a good one. That's a bad one. And we're going to share antigens. And then uh, not enough for me to get sick, but enough for me. Okay, here's here's what the cold looks like in Wisconsin. And I need a few potentiated T-cells and a few antibodies to that strain. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone's worried about this new strain. Um, viruses mutate. They view, mutate everywhere. I'm sure there's a Wisconsin strain now and a Minnesota strain. And our bodies need to adapt to that. And we've let that go. We, you know, that was normal and natural. You know, mm -hmm. our grandmas would say, go outside and play in the dirt and jump in mud puddles. We don't do that anymore. Our kids don't do that. You know, they stay inside hooked up to these, uh, you know, smartphones watching, you know, Netflix. And they have no idea of what the real world's about. No, it's, it's sad, isn't it? Yeah. It's crazy and it affects their health. Well, I'm gonna, I wanna ask a, a personal question a little bit. I always ask this question toward the end and um, I'm gonna just you know, try to phrase this. What do you think your responsibility for healthcare as a father is? As, you know, as a father, as a partner in a relationship, where do you see that? Because that's not usually talked about. Well, that is an interesting question because my three children, um, being that they grew up, I would call it the chiropractic lifestyle. We didn't, we did not vaccinate. They were born at home. Um, they took a few nutritional products. They ate really well. And so when something happens to them now, it's kind of a double-edged sword because they freak out a little bit more than I would think they would. They're like, this shouldn't be happening to my body. I'm like, wait a minute. This, that's, that's growing pains. You're, you're learning to adapt to your environment. And they're like, but do I need to be adjusted? No, you'll be fine. You know? So as a father, I think my responsibility is just to teach them that they're going to change. They're going to have experiences that there's not anything out there that's really going to destroy their bodies because if they exercise, eat right, you know, read positive things, but don't deny the negative things, you know, learn to accept both sides of the spectrum that they're going to be fine. And, and pretty much, I think we've accomplished that to a degree, but we're young yet. And uh, our children are in their twenties. So we'll see how this goes, but it's being a parent and educating your children is probably the most difficult thing to do. Mm. It's way more difficult than a patient because they live with you. And some of the information I do give them, they're like, I get the eye roll and they say, yeah, whatever, you know, but then five years later, they come back and say, that was brilliant, dad. 
but it's not said in those exact words. It's more like, <laughs> that helped, you know? Um, so as a parent, I think it's vital that we, you know, show our kids through our actions that mm. it's um, important to take care of ourselves. You know, I go to the gym, I work out, I try to eat right. My children do the same thing. They, they do yoga, they, they work out. Um, my wife does the same thing. So it's just part of who we are. It's, it's not, we're not afraid to go out and venture into the woods or go for a hike or, you know, if, if somebody didn't clean up their, their bench after lifting or whatever, we're not afraid to use it. It's, it's not, we're not going to die. You know, it, it doesn't matter if we walk into a, a mall and, and we're not the only ones wearing masks, you know, it's, it's okay. We're going to be fine. If we get sick, our bodies will fight it off. That's what we were here to do. Wow. That is, that is awesome. And I hope people uh, rewind that and replay that a few times that, you know, our job is to say, you know, protect our kids, but not give them so much fear. You can't say, oh, or, you know, I'm going to put, you know, you want to go bike riding? Let's put a plastic bubble around your bubble wrap around you. That, that makes no sense. You're going to fall. You're going to skin your knee and your body will heal it. Um, you're going to get a cold. You're going to get sick. You will heal and get stronger from it. Yes. And that's the hard thing. I don't see those lessons going on in society right now. And maybe, you know, I look at the young, the young uh, parents in the 20s and uh, they come into my office and their kids have two masks on and they're four. Right. And I'm like, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, what's because the 20 year old, the 25 year old scared. And I'm like, you know what? Your job is to tell them that they can be stronger, that, you know, this planet is theirs. You know, we're the top of the food chain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, not the you know, pangolin or the bat or wherever this damn thing came from. Right. And it, it's really hard for people to understand that. Um, this has been amazing. Well, thanks, Doc. I, I really appreciate your time. I know I'm going to get pounded by a lot of uh, questions. So this is great. Um you know, just talking about health. So finishing here, what do you think is the most important thing or that you've seen, the most powerful thing you've seen in your 20 some years plus as a chiropractor? The most powerful thing? Most powerful thing. You know, I think the most powerful thing I've ever seen and witnessed is the chiropractic adjustment. Okay. I, I just think that the sacredness of it is beyond anything that can be explained in under a lifetime. Yeah. I mean, until you experience it, you just, an individual doesn't understand just how well their body is designed and is able to perform when it's at its peak. And, and I think that's in my 25 years, adjustments have changed many lives, many, many lives. And it's, it's the coolest thing to see. And how the nervous system integrates with that is mind-blowing, to say the least. Oh, thank you. Well, say uh, hello to your family and say hi to Judy for me. We'll be over there in a couple weeks to do some teaching. I think we got like uh, 15 to 20 people signed up. So it's kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, I want to thank you again. And uh, um, this has been another Fact Podcast.